So I was thinking that as I get older and older, I start to relate differently to coming of age stories. See, when I was a kid, I would watch these, these movies or read these stories and, and really gravitate towards the lead character. Oh, look at how brave they are. Look at how many great adventures they get to go on. I wish I could be like that. And then there was always the kid who would ask questions like, are we sure this is the right thing we should be doing? It's getting late. Shouldn't we go back? What a loser, right? But as I'm getting older, I'm starting to relate more and more to that second character, the one who asks these questions. I think of it like when I watched The Goonies. Before, I wanted to be Mikey. Absolutely. How great was Mikey? But now, I'm feeling a little bit more like Chunk, who asked the question of, are we sure it's the right thing to go to this abandoned store in the middle of the night after we just saw this foreshadowing police chase? That's an important question to ask. As a kid, I was like, Chunk, why are you ruining the action? Let's just go. It's going to be great. But now it's, yeah, we should really stop and wonder, are we doing the right thing? Is this really what we should be doing? And we need moments like that in our lives. We need times to stop and reflect. I think about it for me. If I don't have times where I pause, I could react impulsively. Or if I don't have moments where I can reflect, I could miss something that is, I'm being taught or that's going on. We have these moments that we need to stop and reflect. And we see this in the Bible as well. As we jump from John, where we've been the last seven weeks, eight weeks, all the way back to the Old Testament, to Deuteronomy, the fifth book of the Bible, we see one of these moments. God had just rescued his people, the Israelites, from slavery in Egypt. They were there 400 years, 400 years as slaves in this foreign land, and God rescues them out of that. That's a beautiful gift itself. But God goes further. He says, I am taking you to this land that I've been promising you for hundreds and hundreds of years before you were slaves. I promise you this land. I will take you there. All you have to do is follow me and be faithful to me. And the Israelites start doing okay. And then eventually they start to rebel against God, saying things like, it would be better if you had just left us in Egypt, you know, where they were slaves. And so God says, essentially, if you don't want to follow after me, that's fine. I will not lead you into the promised land. And for 40 years, the Israelites wander around the desert in the wilderness because they disobeyed and did not want to, want to follow God. Eventually, a new generation of Israelites is, is uh, emerging, and, and they choose to be faithful to God. They want to be faithful where their mothers and fathers had failed. They are going to follow after God, and God will lead them finally into this promised land, this beautiful place where he will be their God, and they will be his people, and nothing can get in the way of that. And as they are on the verge of entering into the promised land, they could see it just on the other side of the Jordan River. There it is. Moses says, hold on a second. Wait. Wait? 40 years they were wandering in the desert. 400 years before that, they were slaves in Egypt. And now Moses is telling them to wait? It's ridiculous. But Moses knows Israel has already failed before on this. Israel was not following after God. 
Israel chose to not be the people God told them to be, to not do what God told them to do, and they missed it. So they need to stop. They need to pause. They need to remember all that God has done for them, all that God is calling them to do, all that God is saying that they are. They need to have this in the forefront of their mind to stop and pause and reflect. We all need those moments. We all need those times to reflect. And God is giving that to the Israelites. The entire book of Deuteronomy is this time of pausing and reminding of what God has done, who God is calling them to be, and what God is calling them to do. And Moses is teaching them to them. One of the places I think this is summarized best is Deuteronomy 29, the passage that we read earlier today, that Shelley read for us earlier today. So let me reread Deuteronomy 29, starting in verse 2. And Moses summoned all Israel and said to them, You have seen all that the Lord did before your eyes in the land of Egypt, to Pharaoh, and to all of his servants, and to all of his land, the great trials that your eyes saw, the signs, and, and those great wonders. But to this day, the Lord has not given you a heart to understand, or eyes to see, or ears to hear. I have led you 40 years in the wilderness. Your clothes have not worn off, uh, have not worn out on you. Your sandals have not worn off your feet. You have not eaten bread. You have not drunk wine or strong drink. Why? that you may know that I am the Lord, your God. We skip down. So God has done all this for the Israelites. What are they to do? Verse nine says, therefore, keep the words of the words of this covenant and do them that you may prosper in all that you do. Moses reminds them first of everything God had done for them. I love the way that he says in verse two, you have seen all that the Lord did before your eyes. In all of these places, God was faithful. And more than that, God provided for his people every step of the way. We saw that in verse five. These people wandering in the wilderness, 40 years, and they have to fix their clothes. They have to mend their sandals. Think about that. Walking for 40 years, God provided for them. They didn't eat bread, and yet they didn't starve because God was taking care of his people every step of the way. Even when they were not being faithful to him, God remained faithful to his people. So before going into this promised land, Moses says, wait, remember all that God has done for you. And we need this. We need these times to stop and remember all that has been done for us the Israelites, and for us as well. We are people that can only handle a few number of things, and yet there's always more and more stuff coming to us, right? We can only focus on, on a handful of things, and so it's hard to remember what happened a month ago, what happened a week ago, what happened an hour ago. It's hard for us to keep all of this in as more and more content comes, so we need to stop. We need to remember what has happened. In the same way, we can mostly just focus on what's in front of us. We have that phrase, out of sight, out of mind, and it's really true. If we're not bombarded by it, if we don't put post-its all over the place, we might forget about it. But then we get to where we put too many post-its and we forget about it anyways. We need to stop and remember what has happened. And that is what God is calling the Israelites to do. When I was a kids pastor, we had uh, Sundays that we built into our, our uh, programming that we just called Remember and Celebrate. 
what has God been teaching us over the past five to seven weeks? So rather than having a new lesson, we would look back on that. What have we learned the last five, seven weeks together? What has God been teaching you at home or anywhere else that you might have been? What has God been doing for the last few weeks? And we wanted to remember that and celebrate it. So we played a review type game. We ate way too much sugar and we thought back on what has God been doing? And we wanted to remember and we wanted to celebrate that because otherwise we will forget about it. And so following the pattern of Deuteronomy 29, following what we see throughout the Bible, how can we, Calvary Thornton, stop, remember, and celebrate what God has been doing? Now, look, I recognize that this past year has been far from unicorns and rainbows at every single moment of it. It's been a tough year. I was looking for a job for 10 months before God brought me here. So I fully understand that this has been a difficult time. And yet, in the midst of job loss, of death, of struggling marriages, of childhoods that we would never wish upon our kids, of political fighting, God has still done so much that is worth celebrating. And it's for these difficult times that we need to remember and celebrate. If God's faithfulness is not instinctual to us, how can we rely on it when we are just grasping to whatever we can? If we don't have these times that we build in to remember all that God has done, we will not have them readily available when things seem so desperate. And we need them. So how can we remember and celebrate? How have we seen God being faithful to us? How have we seen God provide for us like he provided for the Israelites in the wilderness? Us, a church that has been meeting for all of seven weeks, what can we remember and celebrate? I think we have a lot to be able to remember and celebrate. For, for Calvary, it goes back to, to January 2nd, 2020, when Pastor Gary knocked on that door to ask about this building. And that leads this whirlwind of events that gets us to, to February 23rd, a year ago, last Tuesday, when the gathering, the church that was here, voted to allow Calvary to have this building and to become part of Calvary. How can we not celebrate that? That's incredible. And even before that, at the end of 2019 into 2020, a group of people that we called the core team, uh, I say we like I was there, uh, that they called the core team, uh, these people who just felt this call in their lives to plant a church in Thornton, to reach the people here, to make Jesus' name known in this area. And they met together and they held on to this call despite everything around them trying to do what it can to get rid of that call, to doubt that. They couldn't gather except for two times on the lawn this past summer, which was beautiful. It was a great time, but they held on faithfully. Or Christmas with uh, carols and candlelights. It was one of the few times, again, that we could gather. They held on to this belief that God was calling them to Thornton all the way up until January 17th, 2021, when we could finally gather together as a church. God was working and being faithful that whole time. And it goes before that even. June 30th, 2019, Calvary passed out these bracelets that say go three on them. 
out of their 130th anniversary, Calvary wanted to plant a third location, and they identified Thornton as that spot. They asked everyone to be praying for this location. So the murky dream that would eventually become this church started then, when God gave a place that he will work through. All started with a piece of rubber. And God has been working through Calvary Thornton. God has been at work. God has been faithful already. We have been able to see six baptisms together of people that call this church home. We've had two starting points as new people are coming. We are new. Why are people coming to us? And we've been so excited that people are coming, even though church doesn't look like what we thought that it, it, it could and what it used to look like. People are still coming and want to get plugged in. And starting point has been beautiful for that. We've had uh, home groups, which have been incredibly successful. You know, over 1,000 people have been connected to home groups across the three Calvary campuses. That's insane. We've had new ministries launch. God's been faithful through that. We've had new staff members come who see God working and want to be part of the work that God is doing here. God has been so faithful to us. And in all of this, you have been so incredibly generous. Back in December, we, uh, the church had this giving initiative that we call Heart of Advent, where we wanted to make an impact in the schools uh, in Boulder, in Erie, and in Thornton. Schools have been so negatively impacted that we wanted to be a, a source of positivity and light to them. And you helped raise over $85,000 to make a difference in those schools. That money is going out now, and some of it to our very own community because of your generosity. We've been able to meet the very real needs that people have had through our partnership with Food for Hope. Over the past 10 weeks, we have provided 100 meals each one of those weeks to the staff at North Suburban Medical Center off I-25 and, and uh, Thornton Parkway. Because of your generosity, we've been able to show a little bit of love to these, these workers who are doing so much for our community. We were able to give them a little bit back thanks to your generosity. I think of the construction as well, how God has been working through that, not to create something beautiful. That's not the goal of, of having a church building, but to create something that he will work through. And we are so grateful that that work is almost done. That is worth celebrating right there. And in all of this, Calvary has not had to stop. We haven't had to slow down. We haven't had to apologize and send everyone home. We haven't had to be a source of taxing on those, those healthcare workers around us as God has protected us from widespread COVID. God has done so much worth celebrating. He has done so much to show how faithful he is to us. And, and there is so much more that I could give about his faithfulness in getting us to this point. But we cannot miss that. We cannot miss what a miracle this place is and just progress like everything's normal. God has brought us here. And so we need to stop and we need to remember and we need to celebrate that. So what is God doing now? What is next? We remember how God has been faithful. What happens next? I'm sure that's a question the Israelites might've had. And so we see in our passage that God is going to call them to the, be the people that he means for them to be, 
to do the work that he will do through them. God is going to call them to be the people they're supposed to be and do the work that they're called to do. And we see this back in our passage. I read earlier, uh, Deuteronomy 29.9, the result of God's faithfulness, therefore keep the words of this covenant and do them that you may prosper in all that you do. This idea gets expanded a little bit in the next chapter in Deuteronomy 30. Uh, God talks about how the people will be exiled, that they will be brought away from the land, and that could feel like punishment. That could feel like, uh, they, like God is betraying them, but he makes this incredible promise to them. And he says, when all these things have come upon you, the blessing and the curse which I have set before you, and you call them to mind among all the nations where the God has driven you, and return to the Lord your God, you and your children, Obey his voice in all I command you today with all your heart, with all your soul. Then the Lord your God will restore your fortunes and have mercy on you. He will gather you again from all the people where the Lord your God has scattered you. So what this is saying is that God has been so faithful. And even in times when it doesn't seem like it, as we return to God, as we be the people that God has called us to be, as we follow after him and pursue him above all else, He will continue to be faithful. God calls us in light of his faithfulness to be the people that we are supposed to do, to do the work that we are supposed to do. We see that with Israel, that not even exile can keep them away from his promises for them. So as we're following this pattern, we remember God's faithfulness to us. The question then is, who are we called to be? What is it that we're called to do? What does God have for Calvary Thornton? Who does God call us to be? Well, we think it's that. God is calling us to be Christ-centered communities of people fully devoted to loving God and loving others. So Christ-centered, that means everything that we do is by and for Jesus. Communities of people, this means we can't do it alone. We need people pouring into us and we need to be pouring into other people fully devoted, we are completely shaped by, completely marked by two things, loving God and loving others. That is who we think God is calling us to be as Calvary Thornton. What is God calling us to do? What's the other wall? Make disciples, empower leaders, multiply churches. Make disciples. We see this as the call throughout the Bible to go and make Jesus known. As we are being pointed to him, as we are being shaped and molded by him, we go and we make disciples of other people. And not just people who look like us. Look around this room. We are a multi-generational church, and that's something encouraging and exciting. And so we can be the body of Christ as long as we continue to make disciples and continue to make his name known. We want to empower leaders. This church plant would not have been able to happen if it wasn't for people stepping up into key leadership roles. I think of Sarah Hudnall, who lives and dreams about the welcome team that you experienced on your way in. We want this place to be a family for people, and the welcome team is is key in, in helping that happen. I think of our home group leaders, who God has been working through them and will continue to work through them. I think of Shelly, who was up here earlier, and Whitney, and Lana, who's been doing such a great job of loving the women of Calvary. We have needed people to step into leadership roles, and that has happened, and that is so, so encouraging. But we cannot stop there. 
We continue to need people to lead. And so we want to be people who are constantly empowering leaders to lead in their homes, to lead individuals, to lead small groups, people who are marked by this, this characteristic of seeing and filling a need. We want to multiply churches. We are the multiplication of Calvary Boulder and Calvary Erie. We exist because they helped plant this church. We want to help multiply churches as well. And that doesn't necessarily just mean planting churches. That's a long-term goal for us. We are the recipients of something so beautiful. How great would it be someday to get to do that for another church, to plant another church? That'd be great. But multiplying churches is something that's done in our lives for how we're interacting with other people, how we're serving, how we're leading, how we're loving our neighborhoods. And we do have an impact now, and we are impacted by other churches, whether you know it or not. I think of La Familia de Dios and Worry Church, which meet here on this campus. We are so encouraged by and get to experience the joys of ministry from Pastor Roman and, and Pastor Peter and all the leadership at those churches. And God is working through them, and we get to be shaped by that. That's incredible. So we want to be Christ-centered communities of people fully devoted to loving God and loving others. We want to make disciples. We want to empower leaders, and we want to multiply churches. That is what we think God is calling us to be and, and what we think God is calling us to do. And there's one more part to that. In everything, we want to be defined by six characteristics. Every decision we make, as we live that out, as we do these things, we want to be marked by six things that we see throughout scripture. The first one, living under the Bible's authority. We submit our lives to the teaching of God's word. Everything we do is shaped by the Bible. We are, after all, Calvary Bible Church, and the Bible shouldn't just be the center of our name. It should be center of everything that we do. I mean, think about it. I talked about our mission, our vision. Now talk about our values. These things aren't divinely inspired. Like these are created by sinful people. But as we read the Bible, this is what we think God is telling us to do. And so we want to remember our mission, our vision, our values. This is what we think God is calling us to be and to do. And so we want to be marked by them only because of what we're seeing in, in the text of scripture. We want to be people living under the Bible's authority. And we're seeing this. We're seeing this now. I think of women's Bible study. That's being an example for all of us and their commitment of studying God's word. It's a reminder for all of us that we all need to be as individuals, as pairs, as groups, studying God's word to hear what did God say and what is God saying now. That's who we want to be. We want to be people devoted to prayer. We believe that God accomplishes his, work, his will through our prayers. Think about this church. June 30th, 2019, people started praying for a church. They had no idea what it would look like. And here we are. God has answered that prayer. And think about my role. People in California, where, where I was at, were praying for me to find a position. No idea that it would be here. Most of them don't even know where Thornton is. Or this side of it. People in Colorado praying for a campus pastor to come. God has answered our prayers tremendously. So let's continue to be marked by this. Loving one another. We commit ourselves to pursue, uh, pursue authentic community. In all things, we are pursuing community. We want Calvary Thornton to be a family. 
We want it to be a place where you are known. And this other part is important. Make sure you hear it, where you are helping others feel known as well. That's a family, right? It's not all take. There's a give to it as well. So we are pursuing others, pursuing relationships in this. And again, the welcome team is, is a key example of where we're seeing God already doing this. New people are coming, and yet they're getting plugged in. They're being shown what God is doing by that area. But let's continue to do this. Let's continue to love one another. We're people who are pursuing holiness. We pursue deeper holiness in everyday living. We talked about this last week, if you're here. John 15, we are branches connected to the true vine, to Jesus. And as we are connected to Jesus, as we remain in Jesus, we should see fruit in our lives. We should see holiness. Growing in generosity. We give generously and faithfully of our financial resources. We are a church of, that has about 100, 110 people coming on a Sunday, and yet we're able to have resources and a staff and, and care and ministries that go well beyond a church of our size because of your generosity. But we must continue in this. It is frightening. It is horrifying how many church plants fail. And so we are called to be faithful in the same way Israel was called to be faithful. And it might just sound to you like I'm talking about putting money in the box back there, but that's not fully it. There have been so many places to sow generosity thus far for us, and you have continued to do so with your time, with your resources, with your energy, with your focus, with your willingness to invest in other people. You have been so generous. And I think of another idea. We have uh, a tremendous group of student ministry leaders that are here every Wednesday night because they feel a call in their life to love students. Yet many of them are coming straight from work or they're sacrificing time with family. So Denise had this great idea to, to serve dinner along with these trainings for the night. And we've seen families step up already to donate food for our, our student ministry leaders. That's another place that we can continue to partner in and show generosity. And the sixth one, sharing the gospel. We communicate in word and deed that salvation is found in Christ alone. It is vital to us as a young church to make this a priority, to love others, to love our community. We want to reach our neighbors we want to reach Thornton. We want to reach the surrounding areas for Jesus, letting them know who he is, how he has shaped us, and how he loves them. And this is an area where I need help. We, we'd set aside some, some finances and, and some uh, ideas that we have for this, but if you are someone who loves, who lives and breathes outreach, who can bring time and energy and ideas and investment into this, I would love to partner with you in this. would love to create a team of people interested in reaching people for Jesus. Who is God calling us to be? People who are Christ-centered communities of people fully devoted to loving God and loving others. What is God calling us to do? Well, it's make disciples, empower leaders, multiply churches. And what is it that marks us in everything we do? I want to get the wording right, so I'm going to read it. Uh, it's, we want to live under the Bible's authority. We are devoted to prayer, loving one another, pursuing holiness, growing in generosity, and sharing the gospel. That is who we think God is calling us to be. Not from some selfish ambition, but as we read te the text of Scripture, 
This is what we think God is calling us to be uniquely in Boulder and Erie and in Thornton. So my question is, what is your part? If this is who God is calling us to be, if we want to be more than a church where people can show up on an hour and then not interact with God at all for the rest of the week, if we want to be the people God is calling us to be and do the work that God is calling us to do, it requires everybody. It requires all of us. Again, let's go back to the text. Uh, Deuteronomy 29, uh, pick it up in, in verse 10. Uh, Moses is still speaking to them. He says, you are standing today, all of you, before the Lord your God, the heads of your tribes, your elders, your officers, all the men of Israel. Okay, so just the leaders, right? No. Your little ones, your wives, the sojourner who is in your camp, from the one who chops your wood to the one who draws your water. Why are they all gathered? So that you may enter into the sworn covenant of the Lord your God, which the Lord your God is making with you today that he may establish you as his people, that he may be your God as he promised you. And he has sworn to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. It's not with you alone that I'm making the sworn covenant, but with everyone who is standing with us today before the Lord our God and with everyone who is not with us today. So all of Israel was called to be the people God was telling them to be, to do the work that God was telling them to do. All of Israel, in the same way, God is calling all of us to be the people he's calling us to be and to do the work that he's calling us to do. Whether you are the modern equivalents of the head of a tribe or a little one or to someone who chops wood, all of us, all of us, if we believe God is calling us to be that, if we believe God is calling us to do that, it requires every single person living for Jesus. It requires us to be disciples who make disciples who make disciples. And this is for everyone, for students. This is finding someone younger than you that you can pour into because we don't know the impact of that. Your impact now could create someone who is impacting others for Jesus later on. For kids, it's thinking through what does it mean that we are called to, to be a child of God and we have a part in caring for and serving others, no matter your age. All of us have unique abilities and positions in life that God has given us that he can use to make his name known. Every single one of us has been given skills and desires and attributes, and, and all of this comes directly from God. How can we use what God has given us already for his name? Think about it as people who are using our spheres of influences. God has placed us in the neighborhood we are in for a reason. You ever think about that? The home you have now is given to you for a reason. How can we use our neighborhoods to make Jesus' name known? Our jobs has been given to us directly from God. How can we use that? The schools that we are in, the families that we are in, our sports teams, our extracurriculars, wherever God has placed us, seeing that as an area to make Jesus' love known to the people that we come across. And everything, everything, we want to be people who are loving and making disciples, using every part of us, 
serving inside this church and outside of it, whether it's caring for the homeless or investing in kids or students, whether it's uh, caring for orphans and, and widows or being part of the welcome team to show that Calvary can be a family to people as they come or uh, partnering with me in outreach to make outreach a priority here. God has placed desires in us. God has placed abilities in us that he can use to make his name known. And if we do not tap into that, if we are not willing to be part of that, we will miss it. We will miss being who God has called us to be. We will miss doing what God has called us to do. I have a simple dream for this church, a simple dream, that we are people passionately following Jesus, that we are impacting our community, and that we are seeing people come to faith. I cannot think of a better dream than that. So how do we get there? Tangibly. Well, it's that we are all biblical communities on mission, that we are using those places God has placed us in, that we are living for him, that in all things that we are turning to his Bible to find everything. So we read it, we memorize, we, we turn to it for guidance. In situations we love our neighbors and we care for our, inner, our enemies. It's we give generously of our, of our time and energy. It's we sacrificially use our finances for God's work. It's we, uh, we intentionally invest in the kids God has given to us. It's we pursue strong marriages. It's we find a balance between work and home. We do all these things not to earn God's love, never ever to earn God's love, but because we have so deeply experienced God's love that we want to be faithful to him who has been so faithful to us. And so we follow after him. We be the people he's called us to be. We do the work that he's called us to do. Specifically, I've said them. We want the welcome team to be a place where people feel loved immediately, but we're still calling on the same few people every single week. We want to have a team that's bigger than that, that more people have a chance to be used in that, to use their gifts and abilities and passions. Kids ministry is opening up and we're excited about that, but it's not quite a full excitement yet because we're still wondering, God, where are you going to raise some leaders from? And I mentioned, that I'm looking to partner with someone or some ones who are excited about outreach of making Jesus' name known. God has been so faithful to us, to get us to this point. But we're not done. The launch has been invigorating, but the journey is really just beginning. God called the Israelites to remember and celebrate all that he has done and calls us to do the same thing. We don't want to miss what God has done in just pressing forward. He's done so much worth celebrating. And out of that, he calls us to be the people following him. He calls us to do his work. In this, though, we aren't promised success. We never are. There's not some land for us to go and take possession of. It's just waiting for us. But we are promised that the God who has faithfully got us here, as we turn to him for all things, as we turn to him to be the people he's calling us to be, to do the work that he will do, we know he will continue to be faithful. And the only reaction that I have to that is just the marvel about how great our God is. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you that you would work through us. It is such an honor that you would use us as people to do your tremendous work. And we know 
that you have tremendous plans for this church. And just the story of how we got here, we see your hand in it time and time again. And we know that there is something that you will have us do. And we are just so eager to see what it is. But we want to be a church. We want to be a family to people. We want to be people that are marked by following and loving you. That takes us all. Help us. Give us strength. Give us courage. Give us abilities that can only come from you. Give us conviction to, to know where you are leading us so that you can work through us to love the people at Calvary Thornton, to love the people who live in Thornton, to love the areas around us. Help us to follow you and be dependent on you in all things.